Hello and welcome. This is Friend Request. I am your host, Justin Lamb. This is episode 31. Um, this is my friend, B. Casper. Um, so there's a little precursor here. I know B because of a podcast that she has called That Time I Got Arrested. And if you have the time and you're currently quarantined and under self-isolation like most of us, uh, I would recommend listening to at least the first episode of her podcast to give you like a little background information. Uh, we cover a lot of themes uh, and hinted a lot of stuff that we talk about on that podcast. But, uh, you know, all my episodes, we talk about all sorts of stuff. You know, we, we, we discuss abortion and suicide and depression and um, <laughs> rape and murder. And uh, it's, it's very rare that you can go over all of these topics with one person. Um, she's had an extraordinary life and come out uh, this, this beautiful person on the other side. And it's really inspiring. And I continue to hope for nothing but good stuff for her. B is a comedian, podcast host, artist, um, all around just like pleasant person to be around. But uh, I'll let you make that decision yourself. This also, she let me talk entirely too much. So there's a lot of me on here as well, which hopefully you guys are okay with that too. But without further ado, this is my interview with my friend B Casper. Yeah, but thank you. Yeah, don't be silly. Thanks for coming out here and doing this. So I usually start out with how I know people. <laughs> oh, goodness. So the story here, uh-huh. um, a friend of ours died, ours being me and other friends of mine. And one of the people that came to the funeral is this guy, Aaron, that I hadn't talked to in years because when me and my wife got together, he kept trying to break us up and hated us. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of toxic history there. Yeah. And... Uh, I believe that. (laughs) So at the funeral, he apologized for being a dick for so long. Um, No. Oh, wait, it gets better. Um, And then he told me he was was producing podcasts, Mm -hmm. introduced me to your podcast. Oh, boy. And uh, I binged through that. I think I emailed you after like two days of listening straight because I was like, holy shit, this is amazing. Um, (laughs) Well, uh, and we'll get into it, I'm sure, but. Just like the, the are we on? Is this it? Oh yeah, it's always okay. Yeah, yeah, I was just impressed with all the vulnerability and everything that you put on your podcast, and it came at like a perfect time for me because that's like what I was kind of discovering really uh, appealed to me and everyone else about my podcast. But anyway, so I love that. Yeah, then we messaged back and forth since then, um, and since then. Aaron has stopped producing your podcast. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's so nice to meet you. <laughs> yeah. Great. No, I'm, I'm, I'm super excited about this. Um, for those that don't know, though I've talked about it on here uh, a few times, um, your podcast is called That Time I Got Arrested. Allegedly. And, <laughs> so, and stop me if I'm wrong about anything. I'll try to summarize, but like the first season is all different stories about getting arrested <laughs> or getting yeah. pulled over or getting. Um, <laughs> And then 
the second season. Is this? Do you technically have seasons anymore at this point? At first, I it's changed so much yeah. as time has gone on because I've been doing it for a little over a year now. And so originally, I was like, yeah, season one will just be Myra. Season two will just be prison. And then season three, I'm like, I'll just do interviews. That's not how it worked out. Now I just like I don't fucking know what I'm doing. You tell all the stories that people ask you. <laughs> Basically. Um, it's great and and I love it, but it's like also very uh, raw, tragic. Uh, it's, I mean, I don't want to like spoil anything for anybody, no but spoil also at all. when I was talking about having you on here, I was like, well, shit, what are we going to talk about? <laughs> um, I know, but right? There are some, Aaron. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to the Aaron Hour. <laughs> Just going to kind of talk shit for a while, um, but I. I I don't want to brush over any like any things that have kind of shaped who you are, but also people can go listen to your podcast and find out what some of those things are. Um, just I've talked like you're when you were five years old and what happened to you, which kind of introduced your entire podcast with, which was like hard to listen to. But um, I mean, I'm sorry. No, no, no. It's it was it's it's like part of what happened to you, right? Like yeah. shaped who you are. Um, but you're your openness and it's funny cause you sound so comfortable doing it, but at the same time, uncomfortable doing it. Yeah. It's both. <laughs> what I mean? What is that like? <laughs> well, it's really interesting how we know each other too, because when I, when I started, I, I pitched the idea to Aaron, like hoping, you know, that he would, I knew other comedians that had podcasts on his network and just hoping that he would even think that, that was anything yeah you know and i was just really thinking in the beginning when i started i'm like okay i'll just tell the stories of getting arrested and i'll build up my credibility as someone who's like been there done that so that when i talk to other people about getting arrested that they will feel like i i'm some kind of authority you know if they're listening so that was like my original intention and then as i went on you know what i would really do is like I would talk about these experiences and these moments with Aaron first and I would like tell him everything that happened and I'd just really be going through like memories for the first time being like, well, and then this happened. Almost like therapy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's been like a very weird kind of group therapy just based on like the response that other people have had to it, you know, because I went in there and I was kind of like with one person who was in the corner of the room who wasn't looking at me and I was like talking to like a blank wall but just pretending like you know what I mean? Like, the, yeah. we're best friends. You know, this imaginary person that doesn't exist. Oh, no, it's I'm sorry, happening. I'm sorry. Oh, you're I can move. I can no, move, too. This, this All right. Anyway, so. before my equipment was terrible. <laughs> um, <laughs> I feel nervous. We were, I, I'll tell you what. Can, let's, uh, let's have honesty time. Okay. Um, no, I was super nervous. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> um, yeah, last week? No. Week before, I was in Indianapolis, and it was the first time I was interviewing someone that I hadn't met before, mm. um, which was also a girl, which, like, my wife's like, you're having a girl in your hotel room? It's I know, like, right? It feels like a first date. It was like someone I've never met. I'm just like, hi. Yeah. Um, You've read a lot of my profile on that dating app. Yeah, so <laughs> it's a... Uh, you have a podcast. I think it's more than a profile. Right. Um, same, same, though. No, well, so... I mean, this the, we can change subjects here. Probably, it all kind of ties into your podcast. So your podcast did a few things for me. And I hate saying the word podcast now for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> I feel super fucking cheesy. Yeah. Um, uh, your auditory <laughs> explanations. Um, 
I started ending my podcast with I love you because you know, oh. I was like, that needs to be said more. I feel like I used to say it more. Oh. And uh, yeah. So thanks for that. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> but no, your, your, yeah, your openness, your, your vulnerability and what you've been willing to share and what we were talking about, how I just remembered is um, how your podcast kind of evolved from telling stories about how you got arrested to going to prison and, and then just stories about yourself and interviews with people and yeah yeah well it was always supposed to be it was always the intention was just to eventually do interviews yeah but i realized i was really bad at talking to people (laughs) and i have like super terrible only child syndrome and i would like you know talk to people and, and really not take into account how how much easier it was for me to sit down and open up and just say everything yeah and like like all of this stuff that you really like don't really want to tell people. Yeah. And so even though it wasn't always a comfortable experience, it was something that was easy for me to do still. And then when I sat down with other people, I saw firsthand how hard it is to talk about, you know, what is a lot of times like the worst day of someone's life is yeah. getting arrested. So so that kind of had to had to adjust, you know, like pivot and and then I was like, "All right, well, I guess I could just keep going you know because it's not like my life stopped after I went to prison you know it's not like I I stopped getting into trouble or stopped (laughs) you know acting crazy it was just like I just got crazier and crazier until I fucking jumped off a building and then even then it's not like spoiler alert right well it's not (laughs) like I got better after that necessarily after that I started doing comedy which is like the craziest thing you can do maybe the healthiest (laughs) it's I mean it's it's like a form of therapy in some way because I don't know I hate it Comedy is the best thing for I can't depressed stop. people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I really am best at it and I do it the most when I am like the saddest oh, yeah. and loneliest. Yeah. Isn't that fucked up? Well, I think it's a. Uh, it's funny, brave. The word brave has a weird connotation now and I almost feel awkward saying it. But, it's, <laughs> but it really is like uh, it's I, I play music. I've been on stages forever, um, but like doing stand up is frightening <laughs> and i've like written out As little five be. minute routines but I, I don't think i'd ever try them out and because they're, they're garbage and i've actually like been drunk at a party or something been like you guys you gotta hear this joke i wrote and no you should it does not pan out um so that's like i think that's awesome that you do stand up um and awesome or psycho or both <laughs> it's a fine line right yeah yes um yes (laughs) but i I think that's cool and you just i don't know if you want to share news but you just told me good news oh yeah your stand-up yes well i can't um not yet but yes good news i have good news you got a bunch of good news yeah um and that's super exciting but we won't launch into that Uh, (laughs) but so typically i i try to follow somewhat of a timeline um Given what I know about you through your podcast, uh, I found a big gap that I think we could talk about. Please, yeah, let's. <laughs> but um, when do you, because you were in Florida originally, no. Well, it right? depends on, I've been in Florida for one year every five years of my life okay. since I was five <laughs> years old. Okay. So like five, 10, 15, 20, 25, I spent a year in Miami. Okay. Yeah. Um. When do you move to California? I are you born in? California? I was born in California. Um, I was raised there from like zero to five. Okay. Then I lived on a boat for three years. Oh yeah, I forgot so, about that. Yeah, so like <laughs> six to nine. So like I was in and out of Miami between like five and six, six to nine on the boat. Where was the boat? Everywhere. Oh, okay. So it wasn't like a houseboat docked somewhere. 
No, um, it was a sailboat, and we like literally sailed from like the southern point of California to like Miami. Wow. Yeah, over three years through the Panama Canal. Yeah. <laughs> yes. um, I was like geography. <laughs> yes. Um, but so when you talk about like your teenage years and kind of your family history a little bit, uh, and I apologize ahead of time, but I, this, this image that constantly gets conjured in my head is, uh, like Topher Grace in traffic. Yes. Like kind of like, uh, like waspy rich kids with drugs. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that was definitely high school for okay. sure, but it wasn't. You know, it was like my experiences were so varied, yeah. which I think gave me such an interesting perspective and contributed to me being so dysfunctional like later on in life. Because when I was 13, I lived in a shelter for like homeless youth, basically. Okay. Not homeless, but like troubled youth because yeah. it was like Laguna Nagal, like Southern California. I love Laguna Beach yeah. so much. Yeah, I was like literally right down the street from there. That's where the shelter was. And there was a kid there who had stolen a car. There was a girl there who got caught drinking and smoking pot. And they were all like, you know, 13, 14 years old. And then there was me where I had a mother who was addicted to meth. And there were like strange meth addicts like sleeping in our home and I needed to escape. So it was like, it was really crazy. And I lived there for three months and I was about to go to an orphanage called Orangewood in LA. And I would have stayed there until I was 18. But... Um, my grandparents came and, and picked me up and, you know, they were like, well, we have to do something with you. And that something turned into boarding school. It's your grandparents on my mother's side. Mother's side. Yeah. So was your mom an addict your entire life? Yeah. Okay. A hundred percent. Like from before my birth until she died. Okay. Um, your dad goes to jail when you're five. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he went on the run and then like officially went to jail, jail, like prison when I was like six, okay. seven-ish. And then your mom gets remarried, right? Mm-hmm, right away. Right away? Yeah. Is this someone like a drug associate or is this just... Literally met him on the street and he had a Rolex. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and how long is she with him? So I want to say like six to ten, so almost four years. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then that's when you go to the... No. No, so then my mom got a divorce when I was about 10 years old um, to that, that guy with the boat and the Rolex. Yeah. And um, and that that pretty much like fucked her up enough to where like my home life was never stable after that point. It was always every couple of months or every year. I was never at the same school. I was never in the same place. We never lived in the same house. It okay. was constantly just like, you know, like one disaster after the other. And then it would either be my dad's sister taking me in in florida or it would be my grandparents in chicago so up here okay um how how did you survive i know <laughs> well i didn't really though yeah. you know that, if you there's a, there's a <laughs> i don't want to keep referencing your podcast no no please do well, no, listen like, to it please well, <laughs> if i don't keep referencing it people have to listen to it <laughs> to understand what we're talking about that's what i'm afraid of people are gonna be like why where are they bouncing around from because just like i just i don't know i have this knowledge i just memorize podcast stuff when i listen to it um ridiculous uh but like I, you're, you've talked a lot about the multiple times you tried to kill yourself um, recently which episode like, 47 check yeah. it out <laughs> <laughs> sorry but I know I mean it's I don't want to say like it's justified because nobody should kill themselves but 
Well, but we all, f- I think people feel that way a lot. And it's yeah. something that is so still so taboo to talk about. It's yeah. like, if you say you want to kill yourself, which is somewhat of a fleeting emotion, yeah. you know, and it's something that we all feel. But if you say it, someone's like, oh, no, oh, no, yeah. oh, no, take your shoelaces. Like, relax. It's just like, just feel like that. And then talk about it. If we were more comfortable talking about how, Sometimes, all the time, more often than not, maybe 15 times a day, you'll have the sensation of you're like, I could just die, though. See, I don't, I mean... You don't? I know, I I don't. Psycho? Uh, No, I I think that's relatable to a point, but, um, I mean, no. Maybe I feel that way more than most. Yeah, (laughs) and that's, I mean, that's, yeah. I, I think it is insane, like, Obviously, I only know you from your podcast. You could be a completely different person than what you portray. I don't know that because that's Uh. social media versus. But from what I know, like you're you're remarkable, especially things considered. Um, No, yeah, you're probably a little like wacky and find yourself unstable at times. But yeah, welcome to welcome reality. Uh, Sure, but. No, I'm at a. I'm constantly at this. I wonder if you can relate to this, especially <laughs> given your past. But I'm constantly in a battle with myself to where I'm asking, am I spending too much time focusing on the past where I'm not appreciating the present? Yeah. Because um, I want to learn from the past, and sometimes that deep dive is like painful and shitty. Yeah. But like you come out of it being like, oh fuck, okay, well that explains like this part of my personality, and I can like embrace that more, and then like get rid of some of this other shit. Um, but then. Other times it's like, oh, am I not like living right now because I'm focusing too much on the bullshit? Yeah, the guy I'm hooking up with right now tells me that I need to be more present, but I feel like that's sort of like a fuckboy thing to say. But I, <laughs> I think that, that how it affects me is I worry about the future in ways that I can't control, and that seems to be pretty um, like hindering to, yeah. to to enjoy the present because I'm like, oh, is this gonna because what I'm used to is things that I like leaving or things that I love like leaving. Yeah. And so I'm just like, oh, is this going to leave? I like this thing. And yeah. then as soon as I enjoy something, I'm like, oh, no, I'm just waiting for it to end. And I don't like to be so worried because it's like, oh, just enjoy it. Yeah. Just enjoy it. You know, why can't well, we do that? Yeah, I'm sure you have some haunting <laughs> abandonment issues. <laughs> <laughs> just a little. Yeah. You know, it's like my roommate like walks in the other room. I'm like, where are you going? <laughs> when will you be back? <laughs> you did not going to move out, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's I, bad. It's really bad. It's understandably so. <laughs> um, so back to you. Sorry. <laughs> oh, no, I'm sorry. I keep rambling on. So you get to Chicago 13? No. no. I mean, sort of. When do your grandparents... So, like, it was the summer between 8th and ninth grade that I lived in the shelter. And I was, like, from August to, I want to say, like, end of October slash, like, November-ish. So then I started high school, like, late. And I started at a boarding school in Illinois, in Elgin, called Elgin Academy. And it was, like, for bad kids. But it was, the problem was still, like, you had weekends off and you would um, have summers off and I didn't have like literally anyone, you know, my dad was in jail. My mom was, that's when I stopped like living with her for 
real because she like went off on her drug addiction like fell off the deep end and then it was just like in and out of rehab and overdoses until she died and that took like another 10 years you know yeah meth is fucked well it was like meth and then it was like you know pills and then it was um crack and then the crack is what got her in the end that'll do it yeah yeah i guess there's not a lot of meth in the midwest but um anyways so i went to this boarding school for bad kids and it was for kids who had like substance abuse problems but i had never tried like drugs or alcohol oh, you ever. hadn't done anything at that point uh, ever so it was really funny that, that I was... is applaudable <laughs> well but i was just like in this environment where i would watch my mom yeah you know do too much and and just see like i i legitimately was like drugs are bad Drugs yeah. are bad. Drugs are bad. And then I went to this boarding school and it was like my friends, my roommate there, you know, I'd smoke pot for the first time yeah. and I was really just like, oh, okay. Everything I've ever been told is a lie. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's funny. The parallels there with like nonviolent people that go to prison and become violent people. And then you have the, someone that's not doing drugs goes to this like substance abuse boarding school, ends up doing drugs. They're right. like... It's clearly something's broken there. <laughs> I agree. Um, oh, I'm sure. <clears throat> I think that's all broken, and that's why, you know, low-key, I want my podcast to be successful and entertaining, but, yeah. like, high-key, I want it to be about this bigger conversation that we need to have that's, like, what is addiction? You know, what is substance abuse? Like, what is what is responsible drug use? Even yeah. you know, like, what are what are drugs? What are they? What are they doing here? Why are we Why are we all doing them? Why is it so fun? You know, get out of here, drugs. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then after that, I like you know had complained to my grandparents enough, you know, while smoking pot that I was like not a bad kid. And then they sent me to a year-round boarding school in California. So like, sophomore through senior year. I was like by myself at a boarding school that I never left and just kind of like, it was basically like going to college when I was 15, you know? So you, I mean, I can't imagine how, like you're, do you find yourself seeking out childhood type things? Cause you're, I mean, you completely robbed of a childhood. I agree. <laughs> Almost like pathologically though, yeah. like almost to my own detriment. Yeah. I'd say that it's it's more of like um, like a neurosis than than like this whimsical, fun, like exploratory uh, revisiting of things. And I and I would like to make it more of like a healthy thing, which is what I'm trying to do right now with my comedy. I just started producing a show, a monthly show in Chicago called "We're Here for a Silly Goose Time," and that's it. And I've been calling it um, a birthday party for your inner child. And <laughs> thank you. Um, I've been trying to like revisit old experiences, old memories. And instead of turning it into, which I think is pretty common when you're like a hippie, where, where there is a lot of like unresolved trauma, that's why they sort of like lean into that counterculture lifestyle. Yeah. And like conventionalism like doesn't seem to be appealing anymore. But so, like, hippies just sort of, like, indulge, indulge, indulge. And they, they like, have this halo effect where they're like, but I love the planet, you know? And it's like, that doesn't mean anything, you know? (laughs) But, like, when what I found um, to be the most helpful is, like, really put my my love for my inner child, this is so fucking gay, um, into my art, you know? And so, like, the, the shows that I produce, like... 
the podcast, like my, even my Instagram, you know, like putting my, my like love for my inner child into that, um, I think has been really helpful. And I would suggest to anyone, it's like, if you're in pain, you know what I mean? Make art, Yeah. make art and you don't have to share it with anyone, but just like get it out in some way. And then I think that's, you know, cathartic. And so the podcast has been really cathartic because it's like, I'm revisiting all of these old memories and then sharing stuff with people that I've never told before. And then having the ability to have them respond and be like, that made me feel this yeah. way because this happened to me and i'm like okay we're doing it together <laughs> yeah i uh that's when i like very immediately found out like having this podcast where people are talking about their childhood and growing up and like my first episode was this girl whose both parents were addicts and like she had to, they had to like hey if there's a drive-by here's where you need to dive down into the house and oh my goodness um, and then they moved to town to town because her mom would like rake up so much money with dealers that they had to leave town. And, um, but like that was the first episode and I was like, and this was someone like doesn't swear church going like, like I would never, you couldn't pay me to put that. Like if you gave me a bunch of stories, I would never pin that on her. And, and it was crazy. And she's like writing a book about it now. And, um, but it's cool. Yeah. But the, like that was cool. Cause, um, I guess talk about having a parent as an addict. And it's not something I plan on talking about. But then when she like said, that's happened to me, I was like, oh, let me tell you what happened to me a little bit. But it's like stuff that you would never otherwise have told other people. Yeah. And then you either. Because why? Fi- when yeah. does that come up? You know. So I would love to get the feedback that you're getting. <laughs> I don't think my voice is as best as, oh. or as good. Uh, see? Wrong gender. Um, no, don't be silly. <laughs> but no, I, what I love is also the lack of feedback. Um, like I because you put this fear. I mean, I don't know if you do. I do I, this fear of like, if I put this out there, what will people say? What will, what will they even, and, and I'm someone I really like, I don't care what people think, mm-hmm. but like also <laughs> releasing something that's completely open, vulnerable part of yourself to the world is, is frightening regardless of what you think of other people's opinions. Yeah. And to not get anything back is also very validating. Sure. So it's like, haha. <laughs> It's uh-huh. not that big a deal, apparently. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> ha-ha. Yeah, ha-ha. But it's a... Uh, I don't know where that train of thought was going. Well, the cool thing about me is that <laughs> <Go> I... <on. laughs> I genuinely don't think about it at all. Yeah. Like, the response has been cool, and it's not like I... It's not like I want to say I'm, I'm, oh, I'm so surprised because it did what I was hoping that it did. Yeah. But at the same time, I don't sit there and think, like, what are they going to think? Oh, yeah. You no, know what I, I mean? Yeah, it's that's... I don't think that, but I'm definitely, there's, there's a concern. I'm just like, good thing I like, don't ever, I hope I never have to get a real job again. You know, I I don't know who'd hire me, but you know, (laughs) (laughs) well, that's, I mean, that's a whole other thing that we can talk about is having any sort of felony or anything on your record and trying to, trying to get anything. I was talking to someone that just, when he was 18, I mean, obviously this doesn't compare to your, (laughs) your record, but when he was 18, he got, uh, pulled over with a gram of coke in his car fun um and he fun friday night yeah um <laughs> he wasn't white so Ugh, he bummer. it's a felony on his record now so serious and he's You're like not white. it's 25 years later and so he still has to fill out this shit every time he applies for anything oh fuck and it's like so that's fucked up yeah it really sucks so for me, I am incredibly lucky and super privileged and fortunate in like a million different ways. But 
one of them happens to be is that I'm this July, July 13th. <laughs> knock on wood. Knock on wood. Knock on so much wood. Because um, I feel like I'm close every day. But I haven't been arrested in seven years. Yeah. And because I went to prison, I don't qualify for an expungement. So I have to petition the governor for a pardon of my sentence because I already served it. Um, and, you know, the way the laws are changing, hopefully, I mean, I've, I do have quite, I have 13 felonies. So, you know, and it's, it's not just like, a, it's really hard to explain like very serious, like class X, like drug felonies yeah. to like an employer, you know? Yeah. And just like, I'm like, I don't know. College was weird. <laughs> so tell me about that. Well, you know what a grow house is? <laughs> <laughs> like you've heard of a trap house, right? <laughs> trap music. Well. <laughs> Let me explain. Um, but I mean, do you just like, so you just got this place and change subjects and segue it into this question. All good. Um, because filling out applications for like anything, right? Like an, an apartment. apartment. Yeah. Yes, that's the biggest one. It's so hard. So you just moved into a funeral home. That's right. <laughs> Please elaborate on that. It's the only so place that questions. would have me. <laughs> um, so it's a former funeral home. Now it's an artist collective. And I live there with four other artists. Um, two comedians, an actor, a painter, you know, fine artist. Yeah. So it's like we all do different stuff. But we have an art gallery that okay. used to be the the parlor and um so we live there and then we all um like take care of it and curate different events there and we actually have a show tomorrow i don't think this will be up by then but no, we have a show tomorrow we have a show <laughs> we have a show guys it was great <laughs> it was great but we do we do several comedy shows there a month including silly goose time <laughs> last saturday of every month and um we also do like fine art and then like sculpture expositions nice. and we have like a healing circle they have a drum circle there they have like a, a latina woman's poetry nice. thing that's know. one thing i miss uh and i could seek it out more but when i was in la like there's so many cultures out there yeah and like i live in one of like the whitest towns in michigan <laughs> so uh like yeah i used to the suburbs yeah I used to, every I've Thursday, I used to go to a place called Poets Jazz House. Oh, fun. And me and my buddy were the only white people there. And <laughs> it was just like slam poetry and we'd play music and like everyone's encouraging everyone. And it's like the most positive space you could be in uh, to like breed creativity and support. And like, yeah, that doesn't exist where I live now. <laughs> I miss it all the time. Um, and that's kind of like what you're doing there. I just, it sounds very supportive. Oh. of the arts i mean i could be wrong you can be like no actually we're fucking trashy to everybody no i mean well it's like we all we're all doing our best yeah you know <laughs> we're, we're all getting by uh two questions do you believe in ghosts is it haunted oh yes so um i have never personally had um a strong paranormal experience yeah i do not discount them but i can say that i personally have never like interacted with a ghost in real life, you know, in my dreams, sure. But like in real life, no. So, and I died. So it's like, yeah. I feel like I'd be more. And you did a lot of acid. So if you right. haven't talked to a ghost by now, it's was... probably not going Well, okay. Yeah. <laughs> There's still time. There's still time for everything. But so the funeral parlor isn't where anyone died. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, so it's like there, there doesn't seem to be any like, um, you know, nefarious energy around. I do get scared sometimes late at night when it's very dark and there's no one home, which is like amazing because five people live there. 
But you know, sometimes no one's home and it's just me and it's very dark and I'm like, okay, I'm scared. <laughs> but um, but I've not no no ghosts no no banging just wondering no sounds no doors <laughs> no lights flickering. Can I ask? Because I I don't think I've tried to do this math Can I ask before. Anything? How old are you? I'm 29. <laughs> and you turned 30 this year? Oh, yeah, I'm like, I just turned 21. It's like, no, I just had my half birthday. I'm 29 and a half. And it's, I feel it. Yeah. I feel, I feel the like imminent doom of my 30th <laughs> birthday. <laughs> you know? I feel like. Every day is like watching a match burn. You're not looking forward to your 30s? Uh no my twenties have been like a shit show yeah, so but it's like isn't if that I'm, a reason to look forward to your thirties if I'm not like thirty flirty and thriving like I am gonna freak <laughs> the fuck out you yeah. know I'm getting a dog okay <laughs> I don't know I'm so adult um yeah I mean I love my thirties okay. as someone that's over halfway through them okay I'm old as fuck okay um, <laughs> no I because I, I it took me so long to get my shit together. Yeah, same. Um, I don't have it together. Yeah, <laughs> but like same. But it, it's once it's you, taking me a really long time. Once you start down that path, <laughs> well, like so, uh, I bought a minivan <laughs> like ten years ago, maybe oh. longer, longer. I don't have it anymore. Okay, but, zaddy. <laughs> uh, <huh. laughs> um, no, I. But I, I don't know why I got it. I love minivans. Super comfortable. Uh-huh. I'm six three. Fuck you guys. <laughs> but I had one in college. There you go. It's easy to move drugs in a minivan because you get pulled over less i was gonna say like lumber but sure yeah (laughs) same same. um i financed it and it was the first car i financed and i could only finance it because like uh i actually like worked on my credit because i fucked it up for years yeah what is credit exactly um (laughs) it's a lie (laughs) capitalism is a lie that's true it's important that we point that out yeah we had to revolt against the british now it's time to revolt against the americans (laughs) (laughs) are you british now um Um, yeah yeah in in this context yes (laughs) perfect according to 23 and me so i'm an angry brit in america and it's time to revolt yes um you can find her at B Casper. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was, it, it felt, I, I literally cried at the bank. Um, <laughs> it's like a 28 year old. Um, cause you were so happy. Well, yeah. Cause I fucked my, like I constantly told myself I wouldn't live past 25 Okay. for no real reason. Not even the 27 club. You're just like, I'm too yeah. good for that. <laughs> I was like 25 seems like a good number. Um, okay. Quarter life. Yeah. But it was John like, Mayer would be sad. <laughs> quarter life crisis. <laughs> Can we talk about John Mayer the rest of the podcast? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I've seen him so many times. Uh, I just, it was an easy way to not give a fuck about anything, mm-hmm. right? Like, oh, I'm not, like, I don't need to worry about the big picture things because I won't be around for the big picture. And then, like, I was turned 25 and then I had to start, like, being like, oh, I'm still alive. And, uh, oh, I'm still smoking. And, <laughs> and, uh, trying to fucking enjoy slowly, yourself. <laughs> I, you know, I am, it sounds like fucking sappy, but I am so happy now because <laughs> I like. Because you're sober? Sobriety has been. And married? Amazing. Marriage is great. I've been in my life, like before we got married, we, we've been together for almost 15 years. Gross. So yeah, that's great. Um, <laughs> but I mean, it was uh, I was always just waiting for it to end and seeking out like ways to sabotage it. Oh. Well, that's the reality of like <laughs> being an addict. Um, you know, not she thinking must love you so much. She really does. Yeah, she's the best. Um, but not thinking you deserve things, right? Like that's sure that's part of being an addict. Yeah, <laughs> um, 
and disconnection yeah and really accepting things uh for the first time is is yeah it's very liberating and makes me very happy but all this stuff this podcast has been like a turning point for me because it's allowed me to find something that like i do a lot of creative things like i said i play music i play guitar i sing written books like i always find creative outlets and there's a lot of unfinished projects that's beautiful thanks um but like none of them have ever been a realistic like i can make a career out of this um i've tried (laughs) that's why i went to la to begin with um but talking to people i was like oh my god this is therapy i'm I'm being a therapist for people (laughs) yeah and then i was in a class at the time um trying to get a mental health degree because i just collect associates degrees I have like three of them. Um, that sounds like a fun hobby. Uh, it's really just for loan deferment. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's dope. Yeah. Stay in school, kids. Way- and then you'll never have to pay your student loans. <laughs> Way to fuck this system, though, you know? Thanks. Um, but then I was like, oh, I'm just going to go get a master's in counseling and be a therapist. And so now I'm like starting down that road. And I know it's like a super long road, but it's like that time's going to go by regardless. And I'm just going to be like playing video games and jerking off. So I might as well go to school and stuff. Yes. That's beautiful. Um, that's yay. amazing. Yeah. So that's that my podcast has confirmed that that's what I want to do. And that's like something that I can actually do as a career. Totally. And not just like play cover songs at bars. <laughs> you so, could do that too. Okay. No, uh, no, did that for years. You cannot do that. <laughs> it will slowly eat your soul. Oh, and then you have wedding people. singer vibes. Oh God. <laughs> it is the fucking, like I enjoyed it. At times I shouldn't have enjoyed it mm. when no one was listening. And I was like, all right, I'm just going to play stuff I want to play that's like sappy and sad. Like, I'm going to play Amos Lee songs for two hours. Yeah. Um, yeah and, and you should do that. Thanks. I do. In my basement. It's great. <laughs> it's funny you were talking about inner child earlier. And the thing I always point out, it's very strange not being where I usually record. <laughs> I have a curio cabinet that's usually sitting here that's filled with McDonald's toys, G.I. Joe's, <laughs> like everything from my childhood. And that's... Uh, something inner child is something I talk about with my therapist all the time. She's always like, you got to look out for that guy. Like you have to be very knowledgeable of who that is like inside you and like, look out for him. Like, how are you taking care of this guy? Cause no one was taking care of him when he was younger and it's up to you to like take care of him now. And that's going to make you a better person. So you think it sounds cheesy, but it's, (laughs) it doesn't though, because the crazy, you put yourself down when you're talking about it. (laughs) Well, yeah, I guess hearing it from someone else, it doesn't at all. Because the crazy thing is we just like, we really never grow up. Like our bodies get older, Yeah, you know, but we never really get past that stage of being like excited about something simple or overwhelmed by our emotions or feeling confused and frustrated by not understanding like why things are the way that they are. And so like that is all inner child stuff and it sounds reasonable, you know, but like, but really it's just like, I don't know, however you want to phrase it to yourself that makes it sound like less gay. (laughs) Well, it's so funny. So you, I I don't know if I've said this to you before. I've definitely thought about it. Like every time I listen to your podcast, (laughs) Um, you have a tendency to, problematic things i know well to cut your <laughs> to cut yourself down after you share something um, yeah well because that's i mean that is like how we all think you know so it's like it really is just me being like that is what i think i am like responding to me listening to hear my hearing myself like say I what i really we feel all think you don't I think it's uh, that might that's be, just me i think it's a justification you're telling yourself to make cut yourself down a little bit why because so, i am so self depreciating it's annoying I don't think it's annoying. <laughs> it's frustrating because uh, 
I mean, you know, you can't if you talk about love all the time. You got to love yourself to some degree. Oh, right. I'm working on it. That's really hard, though, you know? Yeah. That is really like a, a challenge for myself. Oh, fuck yeah. For anyone. I hate myself half the time. Yeah. <laughs> I really hate um, having interactions with people where afterwards I overthink it and I just think, you fucking idiot. Yeah. Why does anyone talk to you? I feel that way a lot. It's really funny you say that. Um, do you listen to Armchair Expert? I have. So I love that. Um, great podcast. Yeah, it's great. But one thing Dex Shepard's pointed out like a number of times, and it's so relatable to, I think, everybody I know, uh, is he'll go to a party and he'll have a conversation with somebody and then he'll say the exact same thing afterwards. Like, you fucking idiot. Why <laughs> did you say that? They're just, they probably think you're the biggest fucking loser. Yeah. And then he's run into these people after fact and then been like, really sorry I said that at that party we were at. I probably sounded so stupid. And, and their response 100% of the time is always, I don't even remember you saying that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Which is so true, right? Yeah. It's, it's, it's validating to hear that, but it's so hard to get out of your own head in that way where you're just like... We're all such fucking narcissists because of social media. It's like we really think about about yeah. the stuff that we're saying like way, way, way too much. Yeah. And that's that's an echo chamber that I would love to get out of. But at the same time, it's like social media is such a great way. You know, we wouldn't know each other without that. It's so it's story. like so bad, but then it's so good. You just have to be so careful and like really you have to be as conscious as like as curating your social media as you do your like thoughts, you know, because <laughs> yeah. it's like it's very easy to be like, oh, this makes me feel bad. This makes me feel bad. But with your thoughts, you have to do the same thing where you're like, this makes me feel bad. And you're like, no, shut up Yeah, to yourself. Yeah, that's another thing that I've <laughs> I read where you should stop saying to yourself what you wouldn't say to someone else. <laughs> like if you're never going to say, oh, to like a random person, like, oh, you're like fat piece of shit, then maybe you shouldn't call yourself a fat piece of shit. <laughs> I don't know. I'm pretty mean to a lot of people, though. So I say oh, well, some then, nasty things. Then never mind. <laughs> no, like, I mean, I put myself down constantly. Yeah. Um, like, but I have I... body image issues. No, you're fine. Um, <laughs> it's all my brother's fault. Um, <laughs> Why? My brother was a dick. Like, my brother just, like, I didn't grow up with a dad. Because my dad was an alcoholic that mm. moved to Florida when my parents divorced when I was four. Mm. Um, and so my brother was there. And he's older than me, like, almost four years older than me. He would just like call me fat, gay, all the time. Um, I wonder what he was stuck. thought about. Oh, he's uh, he's got a lot of issues. I actually interviewed him like a week ago. <laughs> so oh. I went down to Houston to see my niece and nephew and sat down with him. He's got a lot of was that weird? childhood shit. Um, no, I mean, I've, he's my brother. But it was weird. I, uh, if you ever have to do this for an interview, <laughs> I, I had to separate, like completely separate myself from the interview because... Otherwise, it would just be a back and forth to me and him. Like, we don't agree on anything. He's a Trump supporter. Like, oh my God. Yeah, I can't. I can't. I just fucking can't. Oh, no. Can't. Um, and his, like, his biggest thing in life is is money. Like, that's his driving force. That's I've heard people the main like thing money. he cares about. <laughs> Fuckers. Um, <laughs> but it's like, like, I was talking to this about, or about this with my wife. And I was like, I don't want, like, a million dollars. Like, I'm not going to turn it down if someone's giving me a fucking million dollars. But, like, I just want enough money to where, like, I don't think about bills and stuff. Sure. And like, oh, if I want to buy fill in the blank, I'll just buy fill in the blank. But I don't think that, like, that's not millions of dollars. My taste isn't millions of dollars, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's it's very strange to me that that's like a driving force. I heard that um, 70000 is like the minimum that you need for happiness. 
And it's then, a lie. Huh? <laughs> it's a lie. Well, I've... Wait, yeah. per person? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, 70000 per person. And um, after that, it's like you'll have more money, but it won't increase your happiness. Yeah. But I guess it also depends on where you live. Yeah, I was going to say, well, what's factoring cost? Yeah. 70000 in Chicago is different than 70000 in the suburbs of Michigan. Dude, for sure. Uh-huh. Yeah. But um, that's so tough. Like, I don't know. Life, life is hard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all the time we got. <laughs> Life's a bitch. Um, no, well, it's, uh, yeah. Well, it's like the stuff we worry about. It's like, um, it's not real you know and i don't say that to trivialize anyone's experience but i do think that you know you could always just think like no matter what happens to you like worse things have happened to better people you yeah. know and then kind of like check yourself and then realize that we live in this age of like abundance and privilege and excess and everything that we think that we want is actually just like a projection of all of the stuff that we're missing on the inside which is you know that ability to be like I have everything that I need, you know, like yeah. I am perfectly okay as I am right now. Like I am like full of love and, you know, like safety and yeah. all that bullshit. But like, <laughs> but the stuff that like the comforting stuff that we want to feel on the inside, like the feeling that you get, you know what I mean? Like on Christmas after everyone's like eaten and you're all just like relaxed and it's all over and you're just like, oh, this is just like everything's fine I in this moment to that. well you know what i mean whatever that moment is <laughs> yeah, for yeah. you you're in a bath and you I just think it's funny your you're the one that referenced christmas <laughs> well i i like don't know what that feeling is like yeah. but that's what i imagine is that it's like like you just had a good meal you're like warm everyone that you love is around you yeah. and you're all like relaxed and happy it's very a TV moment. Yeah. I, that's all I have to compare it to. Well, it's funny. I spend Christmas alone like every year. No, on the note of money and stuff too, like uh, Christmas came around this year and I was like, I don't really want anything. Mm-hmm. Like there was not, I couldn't come up with any, I, <laughs> I asked for some random shit. Like um, I want the Ghostbusters firehouse from 1987. It was a playset and it was amazing. It's oh, it was on a playset and like the real thing. <laughs> I was like, no. <laughs> It's on eBay. It's like $387. If you guys could get that, that'd be great. And everyone's like, Justin, you're a fucking moron. That's <laughs> but, sweet, though. Um, it's ridiculous. Uh, you can like whatever you want. But you know what I want for Christmas? What? I want uh, people to not ghost my messages on Facebook. Because so the premise of this podcast is interviewing Facebook friends. Um, and some people like like most Facebook friends, I like, I haven't talked to these people since fucking high school. We're just like, add friend. And, um, and then I'll be like, Hey, this is what my podcast is. Like, I'd love to sit down with you, blah, blah, blah. And then it shows you like the, you know, it says that they've seen it <laughs> and then no response. I'm like, Ooh. Bro, we're like, at least, at least say something. We're Facebook friends. That's <laughs> like, a California yeah. now. Yeah. That's a, <laughs> it's, and it's, it's not that many in the grand scheme of things. Like I'm, recorded for months ahead of time but it's still fucking it hurts though. brutal rejection of any kind is unpleasant well the the uh i don't know what kind of personality i'm thinking of but like the the mean part of me is like wants to immediately be like well good fuck you like block <laughs> but then like in the back of my head i'm like but they might listen to the podcast and right. then I, I can't block them and then they'll be like hey man sorry i didn't know what you were really trying to do <laughs> I thought you were trying to like, you know, get with me. No. Yeah. I'm making a podcast. Yeah. When you're a dude and you like slide into a DM, no matter what you're saying. That's it's hard being a dude. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so hard. <laughs> um, it is, it is a funny 
and I, I, I don't know because I'm not a woman, but like the responses you get compared to responses that I get or lack thereof is probably astounding. Like in my head, it's you probably get flooded with messages constantly. And I'm sure most of them are like fucking douchebags with dick pics. But <laughs> um, part of me is like, I'll take douchebags with dick pics. At least I'm getting attention. Um, <laughs> I but, don't want that kind of attention. No, no. But uh, I, I do such a good job at trolling them and of like exploiting them yeah. that it's it's funny. It's like the people that hit me up now, it's like they almost do it just to be like, like posted about. Yeah. You know, it's like they just want to like play the game with me and I get so How much- severe can I be to get a screenshot on your Instagram story? <laughs> right. And it's like I was just crazy enough back to them where now I get so much less of that and so many more real people being like, like wanting to connect. I get a lot of messages from women mostly yeah but like between like 10 and 30 like every day of people being like i'm on episode 9 i'm on episode 12 yeah that's I mean, that's awesome yeah i uh do you get many like the i don't know similar to the shit i've sent you and maybe even more severe because women probably have gone through a lot of similar experiences and <laughs> do you get that like connectedness with people yeah yeah i mean i i a lot of times i'll give someone my phone number yeah you know a lot of times people write me really, really long messages. And so I like to respond in kind. You know, yeah. I take a lot of time to like read them, you know, let it like sit with me for a second. And then I want to like, you know, talk to them and be like, are you okay? Like, what are you doing? Like, how are you managing your grief? You know, how are you, you know, dealing with your trauma? Like, how yeah. are you healing? Because um, I would love to, for that to be the ultimate um, like takeaway from it. It's like, how are we going to heal together? You know, like you're not alone. Do you find yourself in some ways taking better care of them than you are yourself i mean i don't feel like i'm taking care of either of us you know (laughs) like i i'm pretty good about not um unless i'm like in love with somebody i'm pretty good about not uh carrying someone's trauma yeah as my own because i feel like i've got a lot and (laughs) um systematically trying to like let mine go but i'm still like struggling right now i'm still definitely like like searching and confused and feeling like lost and scared all the time so it's like the podcast or like any success that i get like with comedy or anything else really like it's all sex success is a lie because like you never you're never not yourself you're never not that little kid that like watched whatever terrible thing you watched that like ruined you yeah you know you're always going to be that person so it's like i can do all of this stuff and I'm like not very ambitious, you know, I'm not very driven. I don't like try really hard at anything, even the podcast. I'm just like, Oh, I'll get to it when I get to it, you know? So I, so it's, it's fine. Cause it's not that I'm not taking care of myself. It's just like, I don't know what I'm doing, (laughs) but, um, but I, but I don't feel overwhelmed by anyone else. Like just sharing with me what they've been through. What's the biggest obstacle that's in your way from doing things like, the podcast and stand up and like putting the time in that somewhere you might think you should but you don't <laughs> yo all me no i had a a booker at a club like a pretty like big club um in chicago say to me recently that i was afraid of success and that that's why i don't really like like go after it you know but um i i'd like to think that more like i don't care but I think my biggest obstacle, everyone's biggest obstacle, is myself. Yeah. And the patriarchy. <laughs> obviously. Throw, the, throw that in there at the I end. I mean, it's part of it. Yeah. That is part of myself, you know, because yeah. I have to like internalize that and like, you know, deal with it. Yeah. It's, right hard, it's hard to visualize 
certain levels of success, right? Because it's right. something you've never had. Yeah. So then what, what am I even visualizing? What does that look like? Well, no, it's also, it's like, I think about this now too, because I think about how, um, how overwhelming it can be, you know, just with like such a small, small audience of knowing so much about you. Yeah. It's like they're mentally to me, there's like some kind of cap where it's like, I wouldn't even feel comfortable if I got to a point where it's like, if not that I ever would or could, cause I do not think this is my path or my like desire but like to get my show to be like joe rogan listener oh, level yeah. i would fucking hate that though you oh, know you yeah people like picking me apart and and having so many things to say and so many opinions and and having this inability to like connect with the people that are really getting something you know like yeah. meaningful out of it because they're just getting lost in all the noise yeah like i would hate that you know yeah i i don't i don't know i've, I've always wanted i mean that's as a musician, like, right. I, like I love being, I fucking love when people give me attention. Why <laughs> so, do you think that fame is so enticing? Like, what um, do you think that means to people? Because I usually, when I meet someone who's like, especially in comedy, when they're like, oh, oh, I just, oh, I just want it. Like, you know, I just, kind of just want it. And I'm like, what? But why though? Like, what think, do you think that is? Well, so, I mean, I think it depends on the person. But for, for me, and I think for a lot of people, it's you're seeking validation that you didn't get growing up but it's never enough it's just like that is just like being well, yeah. an addict well you that's know? that's why you got to deal with your shit that's yeah. <laughs> yeah that's that's how that works out yeah. um but i i like the idea like of helping people or change like so music means a lot to me and there's like there's songs that have does it fuck you <laughs> just kidding sorry um, <laughs> sorry i'm the worst <laughs> you are pretty terrible um <laughs> But like, they're, but they're songs that have like literally kind of changed my life. They're songs that have saved my life, like sure. um, got me through breakups and and terrible times in my life, and like really great times in my life. And like music, I think is is one of the most impactful things in the world. And when I think about someone feeling that way about my music, mm. like it's not so much like I am a sold out fucking stadium, but it's like I'm able to connect with someone on that level that I've been connected with someone else's music like that's 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 crazy like that's the goal i think i've at this point i've accepted like i don't think i'm gonna get there <laughs> and i don't really do a lot with music anymore like i play guitar and i sing i don't like make albums anymore i, mean, I might anyway um, but this like this podcast as much as like i don't get nearly the feedback i would like the amount of feedback i would like and that's like just me going come on like me more um I'm going to unplug this at one point. Um, the feedback that I get, like someone sending me this thing that a note they got where, Hey, my friend's a teacher at this elementary school and they play them part of this podcast where she talks about like setting goals and like stuff like that. And I'm like, Holy fuck. Like this thing is they're using, and it's not even my story, but it's something I was able to put out there. Yeah. And there's little kids being <laughs> like, uh, impacted by it. And there's people that have reached out to some of my guests and we're like, thank you for sharing that story. Like, it, oh. like I've been through that before. We've talked a lot about miscarriages and abortions and like people hearing that and being able to have like this relatable story. And cause some groups of friends, I don't know firsthand, obviously, cause I have a penis, but <laughs> uh, a lot of women have told me like, it's not necessarily something that they can comfortably talk about in their circle of friends. Mm -hmm. And like, so hearing that and getting that, uh, 
just someone to relate to and it's not a celebrity it's like just a fucking person that might even live down the road from you <laughs> like it's uh it's helped a lot of people and the fact that's not even my shit but it's something i get to put out there is that's why this has been like the most rewarding thing that i've done i was see i told you not to let me talk no i think that's <laughs> i i'm just like letting that sink in for a second i think that's really great I think that's really amazing. And that's what this is all about, you know? And you're actually doing, like, what I would advocate for anyone, where it's just, like, it's better out than in, you yeah. know? You got to get all of that stuff, like, out. And then and then you actually, like, help people. And, you know, they say that, like, super cheesy, like, be the change. But that is it, you know? That's exactly it. Yeah. So, like, well done. Hey, right back at you. Um, I mean, you're, you discuss topics on your show that are very rarely talked about. <laughs> um, like you mentioned, we mentioned suicide at the beginning of the episode and um, obviously rape and um, sex in uh, no Abortion. judgment, but yeah. yeah. Um, it's, I, I think there needs to be more of that out there just so more people that are struggling with whatever it may be, find something more relatable and like it's you know podcasting is one medium but just in the general public you know you don't have accessibility you're not no one's on ellen being like let me tell you about the abortion i, I know? know i wish they were though um yeah no that's and that's i think when society as a whole it's got to be like baby steps but yeah um you know let's not make it 50 more years until we get there <laughs> I know, especially Ellen, too, because you think, like, she's such a fake progressive. It's like, let's talk about death, though. You know? Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, you, bravo to you, <laughs> the stuff you put out there. It's it's really, it's remarkable. Um, oh. And I think it needs to be applauded. <laughs> you know? Thanks. It's hard to um, accept uh, accolades for it because it doesn't feel, it doesn't even feel like mine you know, at this point. Um, but it, it is technically. <laughs> yeah. So I should just be go. better about being like, thank you. That means a lot to me. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, you know, I always try and think of the acronym, like think before you speak. Is it true? Is it helpful? Is it important? Is it necessary? Is it kind? You know, if you can't check off like all those boxes, like maybe don't say anything, but yeah. also I love being mean to people. So it's like, is it weird that I've never heard that acronym before? Really? <laughs> no, that's, <laughs> seems so simple yeah um <laughs> uh yeah i was just in treatment last summer so i've got a lot of like idioms awesome. what kind of treatment <laughs> for depression okay yeah i did um transcranial magnetic stimulation what is that um so tms it's like uh like electroshock therapy but make it modern <laughs> uh no it's like an mri for your brain where they like it's in the brochure yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um where they like zap the part of your brain that holds depression and sadness that's interesting they use magnets um is this a new i mean new is in like the last like 10 15 years yeah. they've really gotten like popular but it has like a well i feel like it's got to be newer to like identify specific pieces of the brain and be able to like individually sh like shock therapy was put it on the temple and like hope for the best right 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 you know no this is like an mri machine yeah and like pinpoint specific pieces of the brain that's really cool yeah yeah how did that go well, I went there for like grief and depression uh, counseling and for the like TMS treatment. And um, because I'm left handed, 
it like takes a little bit longer oh, that's interesting to map out the parts of your brain that hold sadness and it's like like less effective that is the most interesting piece of information i've heard all day you're welcome <laughs> and um so it took a while to map out the parts of my brain that hold sadness and then you have to do like 40 sessions within six weeks for it to be like maximum success wow. right so at the last week my grandmother died <laughs> Um, and so I was there for, my mom had died like about, uh, a year prior to that. Jeez. So I was there for like grief from my mother's death and then my grandmother died. So it's was like, I felt better and then a lot worse, Yeah. a lot worse. Did you find it was, <laughs> I'm not laughing cause it's funny. It's not funny. No, I, I know. Um, did you find it was easier to handle that grief when your grandma passed because you'd been doing that or was it just like it? pretty much reset everything that you just did it was so different because when my mom died it was very tragic and it was unexpected and i hadn't seen her in a very long time yeah and um you know she died like alone in her car smoking crack and my grandmother um you know losing a child i'm sorry i'm trying not to cry Uh, (laughs) losing a child is really difficult and it's not something i would ever like wish on anyone i think that's that is probably the hardest thing any human being could ever go through. And um, watching her grieve for a whole year, it was, um, it was very strange and, and weird because my grandmother was really tough, you know, and like harsh. And probably the reason why my mom was such a, you know, like hopeless drug addict. And um, my grandmother had never been sick a day in her life, like literally had surgery for like, skin cancer and like made dinner that night i never saw her like sleep in i never saw her get a cold i never saw her ever ever once have anything wrong with her and then my mom died and then her heart stopped working she had a heart attack and um then she got like MRSA in her chest plate after a quadruple bypass and then she had another heart attack and then she had a stroke and then she died and then her death was really different because it was like pretty pretty long and like dragged out you know went between like march and august of just like heart attacks and surgery and getting sick and you know so it's like we were all kind of weren't surprised and like before she died like between you know her heart attack and her stroke i got to like see her and like say goodbye and like sleep on the floor in her hospital room and like kiss her hands a thousand times and like tell her that i loved her and so it's like i got that like whatever like that. a bit of closure yeah, yeah that you that you know i didn't even get with my mom but like my grandmother was my mother yeah you know so it was it was worse it was a lot worse yeah. and then just figuring out how to like navigate like the grief that i'm feeling as like a second wave you know has been um sucked <laughs> <laughs> i was like trying to think of a better word it sucks it sucks um yeah. everything sucks i'm upset did you <laughs> Did you continue or go back? Uh, no. So, yeah, after that, it was kind of like, um, you know, the end of summer was, was really crazy because it was like she got sick and then she died and then it was the funeral. And then I went to Paris because I was kind of like so lost and confused and really needed, um, really needed some space and some time um, to be alone and to like feel all of those things. And then um, when I came back... I like had these plans to go back to treatment and to like do all of these different things. But 
what I've done instead is, you know, really thrown myself into my art, like producing these shows, doing comedy, um, doing my, like I was on a comedy collaborative album in Chicago, which is kind of cool. It's on Spotify. It's called, uh, we spoke this into existence and, um, just getting to like work with other artists and come up with new projects. And, um, I had this plan to like go back into like an intensive, um, outpatient program in January. And instead I've just been like making art Hmm. moving into this funeral home. So I'm doing a weird kind of like renegade treatment, I guess. Do you think you'll go back to it in some form to have like a balance between doing it yourself and (laughs) so i'm working on getting all my blood work approved for that um ketamine therapy what is that um basically they give you in a k-hole for a while (laughs) yeah so it's like i have uh several different mental illnesses but i have like a personality disorder so i don't have like schizophrenia or bipolar or something that can um, not easily because I don't think any of those things are easily dealt with with yeah. just medication, but something that can just be directly dealt with with medication. But um, the stuff that I've read is that ketamine treatment specifically deals with my personality disorder as as a sort of treatment. Yeah. So I'm looking to get something out of that, but I'm also just like, I don't want to take medication every day. Yeah. You know, I'm just always trying to find, you know, like that's why TMS was so appealing to me because it was not medicine. Yeah. You know, what, uh, what personality disorder? Um, do I have to say? No, no, not at all. <laughs> no, I mean, I will. I will. Cause it just gets such a bad rap. Um, but I, so I have a borderline okay, yeah. and, um, antisocial personality disorder. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah. So it's just like two things that are like, you are the biggest asshole ever. But, <laughs> and like, I, I get that. Like I, I respect and honor anyone who feels that way or has like had a bad experience with someone with borderline. Cause me too. I know people with that same mental illness and it's like a fucking nightmare, you know, but I'm a nightmare. So, you know, I haven't known you very long, but yeah. <laughs> um, I think it's like, if you fall into seven out of 12 categories, but it's like yeah. the worst things you can be. And just like, you know, jumping off a building, like you're automatically, like, you're in that category yeah. now. Um, can we talk about that for just a second? Yeah, I'd love to. I'm just... It's my favorite thing to talk about. I'm, sure. I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. Well, I'm, I'm curious about <laughs> one specific thing. Mm-hmm. Do you remember falling? Mm-hmm. What's going through your head at that point? Um, like what, how long is that time in your memory? And what are you able to think about in those... I mean, what's actually in reality, what, 2.2 seconds or something. So I haven't released this episode yet as yeah. of right now, but by the time this comes out. Yeah, this will be out like mid-April. So my the next episode is all about that whole day. And um, so I get really into the details of what happened, but I'll just give you the cliff notes. Because yeah. I hope that you'll listen to the uh, whole thing. Obviously. <laughs> yeah, you guys. Oh, I, don't, I don't know anyone in the right mind that's going to hear this and not listen to this episode, but go ahead. So my boyfriend and I broke up and we had been living together for a year and he was going to move out. So I decided to like go to the Congress hotel while he moves out. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to kill myself, whatever. Um, and I took a bunch of Klonopin that was expired and fun fact, an expired benzodiazepam, uh, will have, a delayed reaction. Mm. So it was like, I took, um, I think a total was like 22 milligrams of clonopin. And, um, I like took it at like 8 PM at night on like a Monday, 
didn't fully feel the effects until like 11 a.m. the next Tuesday. Jeez. So it was like I went to bed, had a full night's sleep, didn't feel anything, woke up, like putzed around for the majority of the morning. And then like early afternoon, it was just like a blackout, like a benzo blackout, you know. Um, and so then I jumped at like 5.30 something a.m. the next day. And I was blacked out that entire time. So what I remember is like pieces of it. You know, I remember dying more than that whole day. Yeah. You know, so it's like I was on the roof and then I was in my room. And then, you know, it was like I had a pack of cigarettes and I was making a lot of phone calls. And I was like doing like a bunch of crazy shit, you know, that I just have little like blackout flashes of. But that moment of like falling and like jumping and you know dying essentially um was infinite and i was not scared and i felt like free (laughs) it's fucked up but that's really real i felt very free and um because i just think at that moment it was like there was nothing left to worry about anymore yeah you know and because of all of the benzos when I jumped and when I fell, my body was so relaxed that I didn't tense up when I hit the ground, which is the reason why I can still walk. Yeah. You know, it's like it has so much to do with my healing and recovery was the fact that I just um, was so high that I, uh, I really like did myself a favor. But um, but as far as I can tell as I'm still falling is how that feels. That's quite a statement. <laughs> Well, it's, it's, I was interested to hear because, um, well, A, like what goes through your head for those, you know, few seconds. Infinity. And then um, <laughs> there's been a number of studies now done that people, they've taught, interviewed people that have jumped off bridges and all sorts of stuff. And people that are alive today and eight out of 10 of them said they wouldn't have done it. Like mm. they have regret about doing it. Mm. So I was wondering if, if you were the eight or the one or two. <laughs> um <laughs> But I mean, that's another, I I don't know how you look at it, but it feels like that might be just another piece of how you are, who you are today. Right. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah, I hate (laughs) that I regret it, but I do regret it just because I'm in a lot of pain, like physically, I have a lot of metal in my body. So it's like a constant reminder every minute of every day of just like a mistake that I made and I could have like handled that whole situation differently or better. You know, it wasn't worth it in the end, but I do think I really needed to like kill a part of myself that wouldn't give up on like toxic, abusive, like cycles of behavior. So it was like, I feel like I killed her. And so I'm like, I'm happy about it. Like she needed to die. (laughs) But then I also, I'm just like, you fucking like she took, you know, she took some key parts of um, my being that I would like back. Yeah. But, um, I, I also think that, um, that it was like one of the best things I've ever done. (laughs) Right. No, that's, that is a very different point of view on both ends of the spectrum. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that, do you know the episode number that is? 50. Episode 50. Oh, nice round number. Thank you. Cool. Yeah, I like even stalled and like put one in between it because it was going to be 49. And <laughs> yeah. I'm like, no, 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 it has no, to no, be 50. got to be 50. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, that's awesome. That'll be out by the time this is out. Yeah. So if you haven't I hope already, you listen. go listen to it. Cause, 
I'm excited to listen to it. You've been hinting at it for forever. way too long. I know. <laughs> well, even the the intro to your podcast originally, <laughs> it's not yeah. enough time I died and came back funny. <laughs> and then I'll get into that too after yeah. after I talk about you know like dying and going to the hospital and healing, and then I'll get into like getting into comedy, which I feel like is also one of the biggest things that people want to know about. Yeah. You know, they're like, how yeah. did you turn? you know, like that fucked up shit into uh, like comedy is based in tragedy. Right. Hello. Well, but, but also just like, um, a lot of people think it's like the courage to do comedy. And yeah. it's like, no, 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 sweetie, I jumped off a building, <laughs> you know, like I'm fine. Yeah. You don't have to laugh at my jokes. Like I don't care. <laughs> Good guys. I got all the validation I needed from five story. <laughs> oh, this is the other thing I wanted to say yeah. is that, um, for a long time I used to have dreams about falling and I would just fall the entire time and I would never hit the ground. And it was like terrible. And then I smoked DMT <laughs> and they told me to jump out of a plane. And then I did. And I never had those dreams again. You jumped out of a plane? Mm-hmm. After like skydiving? After I jumped off a building. Okay. And then I never had those dreams again. That's interesting. Yeah. Hmm. And now I'm just like, now I'm fine. I'm not afraid of heights. Well, there you go, guys. If you have that <laughs> falling dream, just go skydiving. Just jump out of a plane and it solves it. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome. Um, is there anything we didn't talk about you want to talk about? I don't know. I don't think so. Okay. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so uh, much. And if you haven't already listened to That Time I Got Arrested, mm. available anywhere fine podcasts are found. Um, <laughs> Do you think I should change the amazing. name? Because uh, it's no. not about that anymore. Yeah, but you're so far in. How do you, I don't think you can. I, I think know. you just got to keep it. Oh, man. I hated this name when I made it for this show. And now? Um it's so easy. Yeah. <laughs> it sounded like the cheesiest piece of garbage I've ever come up with. No, it's like, think about someone who's like 55 and they're like, how do I friend request? Yeah. And then your podcast oh, comes up. <laughs> Just wait till Facebook tanks and people are like, what's this podcast about? <laughs> I'm going to post on your wall. Um, thank you. Thank, thank you, you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank uh, you. This is fantastic. Uh, I love you. I love you. Say it back. Um, <laughs> No, but thank you. This is this is great. I'm really glad you could you could and were willing to come do this. Of course, meeting strangers in hotel rooms. Actually, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, it was, it's fine it and was fun. My early twenties, y'all. <laughs> it's fine and fun, and everyone should try it. <laughs> yeah. Go online, guys. You can do this all the time. Um, yeah, that's all I got. Great. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Bye. Love you. Bye. All right, you just listened to my interview with my friend B. Casper. I, first of all, I had to cut half of what we discussed out of this episode. Um, you know, half, you know, part of that for timing reasons, and the other half because um, we just branched off on too many random subjects. And, uh, you know, I, I talked about it a little bit on there, but coming from tragedy uh it's sometimes most comfortable talking to other people that have been through uh similar tragedy so um i was i'm a little i don't know i i I don't i don't know why i'm even saying all this but i deleted a lot of stuff that i talked about about myself um a because it's the episode's supposed to be about her and then b you know even though it felt really good to confide in somebody in the moment and discuss like some of the things that I've gone through in my life because she's gone through similar. Um, I'm not always ready to release everything all at once to all you guys. 
I don't know if that's selfish or uh, healthy or, or what, but it was just the best sitting down with her, and I hope to have many more conversations with her, and I hope you guys check out her podcast, That Time I Got Arrested. It is amazing, and like just this slice of humanity that um, is represented really kind of beautifully. So I, I highly recommend that, and that's, that's all I can say about it. Um, I, I had such a great time talking to her, and I hope you guys enjoyed the interview as much as I did doing it. I hope you guys are staying safe and healthy. Um, I know we're about to be in April, and this this coronavirus shit is, is crazy, and I know a lot of people's, like, two-week isolation is kind of expiring and you're wondering what's next and how much longer you gotta stay inside and obviously I don't have the answer to that but uh, there's a lot of uncertainty out there and I hope you guys are finding some time to um, enjoy the, t- the time we do have the being at home and being able to go out and you know more people are out walking in their neighborhoods than I think ever before and that's that's really remarkable and I know I'm trying to put out as much positive stuff out on Facebook and social media in general to kind of offset all the, all the negativity out there. So I don't know. I hope you guys are taking care of yourselves and each other. And, uh, I love you. Thank you for listening. If you want to talk or you, you want to FaceTime, if you need anything at all, um, don't hesitate to reach out to me. I hope I'm the last person that you feel hesitance about reaching out to. I have no judgment and I love social interaction and we can just sit there and watch the office together on FaceTime or we can talk or we can do whatever you want. If you're feeling lonely and you're isolated by yourself and you want to talk to somebody, I am, I'm here for you 100%. So let me know and, uh, we'll set something up. All right. Love you. I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.